You're listening to Kalam Institute's podcast series, Sira, Life of the Prophet, by Sheikh Abdul Nasir Jangda. Visit us on the web at kalaminstitute.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash kalaminstitute. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Inshallah, continuing with our series on the life of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Asiratul Nabawiyah. In the previous couple of sessions, we've been talking about the journey of al-Isra'ul Mi'raj, the journey of the Prophet sallallahu by night from Mecca to Jerusalem and the ascension above the heavens. In the previous session, the point that we had reached was that the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam went to Jerusalem, al-Masjid al-Aqsa, Baytul Muqaddas, and there the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He offered the prayer, met with the other Anbiya, the other Prophets of Allah السلام, And from there the Prophet then began his journey upwards into the heavens. So this is the second part of the journey, Al-Mi'raj, the actual ascension. The word Mi'raj literally refers to the, the actual journey upwards. So Araja Al-Uruj in the Arabic language is to travel upwards. And so Mi'raj actually refers to journeying upwards, the situation, the time, the journey in which the Prophet ﷺ traveled upwards. So what I mentioned in the previous session was the first stop, if you will, the first station that the Prophet ﷺ crossed on this journey upwards was the Sama'ud Dunya. As-sama'u dunya, the sky of this dunya, of this world. And there the Prophet ﷺ was greeted by the gatekeeper whose name we talked about, Ismail. And it talks about this great angel of Allah that he has, in the previous session we talked about this, that this angel commands over 70,000 70, angels. And each of the angels that he commands over, um, that angel then in turn commands over 100,000 other angels. So this angel who keeps charge of the gate that separates the dunya from the samawat to sabr, the seven heavens, that angel, his name is Ismail, he has 70,000 angels that he commands over, and each of those angels is then a commander over 100,000 angels each. So this is how powerful this angel is, and what a high position this angel is, and what we learn about this, about this angel that makes it truly remarkable, is that the hadith says that this angel never has gone upwards, nor has that angel ever come down to the earth. He has never moved from that position, guarding the door that separates, the gate that separates the dunya from the seven heavens, except for only one occasion, when this angel descended down to the earth, to attend the janazah of the Prophet ﷺ, to pay his respects at the time of the passing of Rasulullah ﷺ. So this angel welcomes the Prophet ﷺ, and the Prophet ﷺ passes through this gate. Now they're traveling upwards, and the narration goes on, فَاسْتَفْتَحَ جِبْرِيلْ بَابَ السَّمَاءِ They reach the first heaven, the first sky. And Jibreel alayhi salam knocks, basically فَاسْتَفْتَحَ means, istiftah means he asks for the gate to be opened. So he knocks or requests the gate to be opened. قِيلَ مَنْ هَذَا 
the voice comes out that who is this at the door? Qala Jibreel, Qala Jibreel, Jibreel alayhi salam says, this is Jibreel, he introduces himself with his name. Little side note, I know this seems like I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but there's actually a narration from the Prophet sallallahu that teaches us, you know, the Prophet taught us ad- adab and manners. There's, a, there's an explicit narration from the Prophet ﷺ where he actually teaches us that when you knock at someone's door and they ask, Man hadha, who is it? Then you should not say, me. Because that doesn't mean anything. Right? So actually introduce yourself with your name. And so we see Jibreel ﷺ here conducting himself with the highest level of character that Jibreel ﷺ doesn't say, what do you mean who is this? Who do you think it is? Right? The Jibreel ﷺ, he says, Jibreel. He introduced himself. This is Jibreel. He says his name. Qila waman ma'aka. But then the gatekeeper says, Who is with you? You're not alone. Who is with you? Qala Muhammadun. He says, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is with me. Qila awaqad ursila ilayhi. Wa fi riwayatin awabu'itha ilayhi. That the gatekeeper asks, That has Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam been made a messenger and a prophet? That means that the legend of Muhammad ﷺ was something that was well known to all the angels and all the malaika, and they had been away, waiting for the opportunity when they would get to come face to face and be in the company and meet Muhammad Rasulullah ﷺ. But they're asking, they're inquiring that has he been made a messenger? Because we were told that the time when he will visit the heavens will be when he is a messenger. So is it the appropriate time? And again, Jibreel does get irate, he doesn't get irritated, the Prophet ﷺ doesn't feel offended, but rather what's understood here again is that these angels have been given a responsibility and they're doing their job. So we learn two things, number one, you do your job properly, regardless of who it is that you, of course you conduct yourself with adab and respect, but when you have a job, you have a job to do. You gotta do your job. You know, the, the, this reminds me, I think I mentioned references earlier, but Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu, um, or I believe it was Umar ibn al-Khattab, I can't remember exactly which of the two uh, khalifas it was, but one time at the insistence of their family that, you know, some occasion was coming, um, and they needed to prepare for some occasion clothes or food or whatever. The family requested the Khalifa to go and request the uh, the person, the treasurer, the one who's in charge of the Bayt al-Mal, uh, Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah, that go and request him for an advance on next week's allowance so that we can pre-purchase and make some preparations for whatever occasion is coming up. When the Khalifa goes to the treasurer and he says that, I need an advance on next week's allowance, he asks him a very simple question. He goes, are you certain that you will be alive till next week? And he says, I get it. And he just turns back from there and he goes back home. So this wasn't that this Sahabi is now disrespecting the Khalifa, by not giving him his advance on his allowance, but he's doing his job properly. And that's the task and the responsibility. And so similarly here, you know, this angel is doing his job and Jibreel not feeling offended, the Prophet not being irritated, they are answering these questions. So, Has he been made a messenger and a prophet? The Jibreel responds in the affirmative, yes, he is in fact a messenger and a prophet of Allah. Qila marhaban bihi wa ahlan. 
مرحبًا به وأهلًا حياه الله من أخٍ ومن خليفةٍ فنعم الأخ ونعم الخليفة and then once it is confirmed that this is the Prophet ﷺ and he has reached that station of prophethood then now the gatekeeper of this first sama the, the first heaven, the first sky welcomes the Prophet ﷺ very very beautifully marhaban bihi wa ahlan welcome, welcome hayyahullahu min akhin wa min khalifatin may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him Grant him a long and very fruitful and beneficial life. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him brothers, supporters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him successors. May Allah give him the type of followers that he can depend upon when he leaves the world. فَنِعْمَ akh wa al Khalifa. He will have the best of brothers, meaning the best of sahaba. He will have the best of followers. al Maji'i jaa, And he is the best visitor that could have ever come. فَلَمَّا خَلَصَا إِلَى السَّمَاءِ now once they entered through the gates and they reached the first sky, فَإِذَا فِيهَا آدَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ كَهَيْئَتِهِ يَوْمَ خَلَقَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ سُورَتِهِ They find Adam alayhi salam and Adam alayhi salam looks just like he did the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam. So he's very, basically he looks young and he looks fresh. The way he looked when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him. تُعْرَضُ عَلَيْهِ أَرْوَاحُ ذُرِيَّتِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That the souls of his progeny, his children, the generations that came from Adam salam, those of his children who were believers, their souls are being presented to him. فَيَقُولُ رُوحٌ طَيِّبَةٌ وَنَفْسٌ طَيِّبَةٌ and Adam salam says, this is a very blessed soul, and this is a very blessed you know, person, a very blessed life. Put this person, put this soul into the highest stages of paradise. But then the souls of his progeny, his children, who disbelieved, rejected faith and belief in Allah, are presented to him. And he says, this is a wretched soul, this is a wretched person. Then Adam salam says, put him into the depths and the prisons. Jazakallah Put him into the depths and the prisons of the fire of hell. وَعَنْ يَمِينِهِ أَسْوِدَ وَبَابٌ تُخْرَجُ مِنْهُ رِيحٌ طَيِّبًا وَعَنْ شَمَالِهِ أَسْوِدَ وَبَابٌ تُخْرَجُ مِنْهُ رِيحٌ خَبِيثًا So let me go ahead and interject here. The Prophet ﷺ is watching and observing all of this. He enters into the first sky, he sees Adam ﷺ, and he's watching this, that the souls are presented, and he says, this is a good soul, put him in paradise. This is an evil, wretched soul, disbelieving soul. Put him into the pits of the fire of hell. And then, the Prophet ﷺ notes that on the right side of Adam ﷺ, there is like this big hole, kind of like an opening, almost like a portal, like a big hole. Wababun, and there is a door. Tukhraju minhu rihun tayyiba. There's a there's a door, and there's a very beautiful fragrance that is emanating from that door. And similarly, there's this huge black cavernous space on the left-hand side of Adam And there's a door and there's a very wretched stench that is coming from that door. 
وَإِذَا نَظَرَ عَنْ شِمَالِهِ حَزِنَ وَبَكَا And then when Adam a.s. looks over to his right hand side, he smiles and the word that's used is ضَحِكَ Like he smiles so big that you can see his teeth. وَاسْتَبْشَرَ And he becomes very happy like his face lights up. وَإِذَا نَظَرَ عَنْ شِمَالِهِ حَزِنَ وَبَكَا When he looks over to his left, he becomes very sad and he starts to cry. فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَرَدَّ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ The Prophet ﷺ now approaches, after observing all of this, he approaches Adam السلام, and he says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And Adam السلام, responds to the salam of the Prophet ﷺ. And Adam السلام, then says, مَرْحَبًا بِالْإِبْنِ الصَّالِحِ وَالنَّبِيِّ الصَّالِحِ That welcome, welcome, oh you know, righteous son and righteous prophet. فَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَا جِبْرِيلِ مَنْ هَذَا Then the Prophet ﷺ leans over to Jibreel ﷺ, he says, Oh Jibreel, please introduce us. The Prophet ﷺ is not completely sure. He says, Oh Jibreel, please introduce us. So whether the Prophet ﷺ did recognize him or not, nevertheless, he's asking Jibreel ﷺ for introductions. قَالَ هَذَا أَبُوكَ آدَمْ he says, this is your great, 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 great grandfather. This is your forefather, the father of all of humanity, Adam alayhi salam. وَهَذِهِ الْأَسْوِدَ نَسَمَ بَنِيهِ That these, you know, black holes or black spaces, these openings that you see on either side of him, these are basically the souls and the deposit of the souls of all of his children, all of his progeny. فَأَهْلُ الْيَمِينَ مِنْهُمْ أَهْلُ الْجَنَّةِ That the souls that are on the right hand side of him, so basically they were almost like black clouds. That was the makeup, that was the combination of all the souls. And there was a black cloud on his left hand side. So he says about the, the black cloud, the black space that is on his right hand side, فَأَهْلُ الْيَمِينَ هُمْ أَهْلُ الْجَنَّةِ that these people who are on the right hand side, these are the people who will enter paradise. وَأَهْلُ الشِّمَالِ مِنْهُمْ أَهْلُ النَّارِ And these people that are on the left hand side, these souls that are on the left hand side, these are the souls of the people who will be doomed to the fire of hell. فَإِذَا نَظَرَ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ ضَحِكَ That's why when he looks over to his right and he sees all these souls that are destined for the gardens of paradise, he becomes very happy and elated. وَإِذَا نَظَرَ فَإِذَا نَظَرَ مَنْ يَدْخُلُهُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ وَإِذَا نَظَرَ عَنْ شِمَالِكِ بَكَا And that's why when he looks over to his left hand side and sees the souls that are doomed and damned to the fire of hell, he, he cries and becomes very sad. وَهَذَا الْبَابِ الَّذِي عَنْ يَمِينِهِ بَابُ الْجَنَّةِ And this door that you see on the right hand side of Adam a.s. This is a gate that goes straight into paradise. إِذَا نَظَرَ مَنْ يَدْخُلُهُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِهِ ضَحِكَ وَالسَّبْشَرَ And that's why he looks over at these souls and imagines them entering through this door into the gardens of paradise, he becomes so excited. And the door that is on the left hand side of Adam السلام, that is the door that goes into the fire of hell. And that's why when he imagines these souls entering into it, he becomes very sad and he cries. Then the Prophet وسلم, after greeting and having an exchange with Adam السلام, then the Prophet وسلم, moved forward, you know, very, and what's very interesting in the narration says, very calm. Calmly, 
very, you know, very, um, it wasn't like the Prophet was being rushed. Now what this makes us reflect back on is we know that this journey of Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj occurred in one night. So why is it explicitly being mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ proceeded very cautiously, very slowly, very carefully? Because it is basically demonstrating and elaborating the fact that it is as if time froze. Time was, you know, uh, moving at a different pace and a different speed on this journey of the Prophet ﷺ. He took his time. He was allowed to completely absorb and take in all the experiences that he was having, that he was having, because all of this was destined to occur within one night of this world. So the Prophet ﷺ proceeds forward, and now here there will be a little bit of um, some, what will seem like repetition, but the Prophet ﷺ, because there was mention of people of paradise, and people of the fire of hell, the Prophet ﷺ is as if he kind of gazes and looks into, you know, the fire of hell, and he sees some of the torture and the torment, and the punishment that is being inflicted upon some of the people, and some of that is reflected on here, I'm not reflected upon here, I'm not going to get into a lot of details because we've covered a lot of this, but the Prophet ﷺ sees tables laid out. فَإِذَا هُوَ بِأَخْوِنَا عَلَيْهَا لَحْمٌ مُشَرَّحٌ لَيْسَ يَقْرُبُهُ أَحَدٌ The Prophet sees tables and meat that is very nicely, cleanly sliced. And another narration says that it is meat that is roasted very nicely, properly, and it's laid out on this table, but nobody's going near it. Then there are some other tables that has meat that is rotting, spoiled, stinky, like just terrible, that is sitting on it, and there are people who are eating from the rot meat, but they won't go eat from the proper meat. And the Prophet sees this and he's so shocked, and he says, Manawla, what is going on here, Ya Jibreel? And Jibreel alayhi salam says, these are the people who left, يَتْرُكُونَ الْحَلَالِ وَيَأْتُونَ الْحَرَامِ They leave that which is permissible, and they used to go to that which was impermissible. In another narration, when the Prophet ﷺ says, what are these people doing when he sees them, you know, he sees them not eating roasted meat, but on the other hand, he sees a dead carcass, a rotting carcass of an animal, and they're eating from this dead animal, raw meat from a dead rotting animal. The Prophet ﷺ says, what are these people doing? And Jibreel ﷺ says, ha'ula is zanat. These are the people who used to commit adultery and fornication. That يُحِلُّونَ مَا حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَيَتْرُكُونَ مَا أَحَلَّ اللَّهُ لَهُمْ That they used to leave what Allah had made permissible for them. They made that permissible which God had forbidden for them. And they used to go and leave instead that which Allah had made permissible. So they would go and access that which was impermissible, zina. And then they used to leave that which was permissible, which was marriage. Then the Prophet ﷺ goes forward, and he sees these people whose bellies are inflated, like just to the point where it's scary, it's terrifying. And every time they try to get up, they fall forward. They've become lopsided, they fall forward. And then it mentions something very interesting, that there is a, there is a path. There is a path, there is like a road, and Fir'aun and, and the, the people of Fir'aun, their punishment till the day of judgment is, they have to run up and down this path non-stop. That this is a punishment that is inflicted upon the followers of Fir'aun. 
And these people whose bellies are inflated to the point where they can't get up, they can't, they're stuck in the middle of that path, they can't move. And every time the people of Fir'aun come stampeding back and forth, they trample these people, they run over these people. And the Prophet says, who are these people? What is going on? And Jibreel alayhi salam recites the ayah of the Qur'an that is found in Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 275. That the people who eat usury, interest, the people who consume, take, eat, indulge in usury or interest, they will not be able to stand up except for shaitan who will basically tap and make them stand up. But that will lead them to insanity. So basically the only thing that will get them to try to get up and move is shaitan whispering into their ears and this will lead them to becoming insane, describing this punishment of theirs. Then the Prophet ﷺ moves forward. And again, it, it, some of this stuff we've talked about before, the Prophet ﷺ sees people whose mouths are elongated from the front, kind of like a camel's face is, and rocks and stones, and some narrations say that burning embers from the fire of hell are taken, coals like from the fire of hell, are taken and put inside of their mouths. And you know, when, they, when it's put inside their mouth, then it basically passes straight through them, and burns all the way through them. And they're heard complaining and crying to Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ says, Who is this, O Jibreel? And the, uh, Jibreel السلام, again recites an ayah of the Quran that is found in Surah An-Nisa, ayah number 10, where Allah says, الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ أَمْوَالَ الْيَتَامَ ظُلْمًا إِنَّمَا يَأْكُلُونَ فِي بُطُونِهِمْ نَارًا وَسَيَصْلَوْنَ سَعِيرًا That the people who eat the wealth of the orphans wrongfully, meaning on a broader level, as a principle, what we can take from this is, these are those people who used to feed on the poor. They used to prey on those who were, you know, uh, who could not defend themselves. Then Allah says that those people are actually putting fire inside of their bellies and they will be entered into the burning blazing pits of the fire of hell. Then the Prophet ﷺ goes on uh, to see, you know, people that are being tortured very, very mercilessly. Um, they're being hung upside down and things like that. And again, they're heard crying and complaining. And he says, who are these people, O Jibreel? And again, the Jibreel ﷺ says, these are people who engaged in adultery and fornication. And the Prophet ﷺ, in this manner, uh, one other narration, this one has a lot of social relevance. It's very important. This, this sometimes can be kind of difficult for us to listen, let alone envision. But it's very important that we deal with these realities. That's why these realities, this was very difficult for the Prophet ﷺ. He's rahmatul alameen. The Prophet ﷺ was such a merciful, had such a merciful heart that Allah describes him as being merciful. Ra'ufun, rahimun. That the Prophet ﷺ would cry, he would come to tears at the sight of even an animal going through difficulty. So the Prophet had a very merciful heart, but these realities are being disclosed to him so that we can understand the seriousness of these realities. There are some people who are being hung um, and their, the, their own flesh is being cut from the sides of their bodies and then is being forcefully fed to them and they are being told, كُلْ كَمَا, أن, كما كُنْتَ تَأْكُلُ مِنْ لَحْمِ أَخِيكِ 
Eat this just like you used to eat the flesh of your brother. And what it's basically... To, and then the Prophet says, Oh Jibreel, why is this happening? Who are these people? And the Pro- Jibreel tells the Prophet These are the people that used to backbite, they used to slander, they used to gossip. Spread bad news and rumors about other people. The people who used to attack people with their tongues. That these are those people, that this is their punishment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So the Prophet after seeing and observing and witnessing a lot of this, they go forward, they move on ahead. They basically move upwards. Whenever I say forward, it basically means upwards. Then they move up to the second heaven, the second sky. Alayhi salam, Jibreel alayhi salam again requests permission to enter and pass. Qila man hadha? Again, he is asked, Who is this? Qala Jibreel, he says, This is Jibreel. Qila wa man ma'aka? He's asked, Who is with you? Qala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam, he says, With me is none other than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. Again, he's asked, Qila awaqud ursila ilayhi? Has he been made a messenger? Qala na'am, he says, Yes, he has been made a messenger. Qila marhaman bihi wa ahlan hayyahu allahu min akhin. وَمِنْ خَلِيفَةٍ فَنِعْمَ الْأَخْ وَنِعْمَ الْخَلِيفَةِ وَنِعْمَ الْمَجِيءِ جَاءَ And again, the Prophet is welcomed very beautifully. And du'as are made for the Prophet by the angels on keeping, gate, keeping guard on the gate of the second heaven. فَفَتَحَ لَهُمَا Then the gate, the door is open for both of them. فَلَمَّا خَلَصَا فَإِذَا هُوَ بِإِبْنَيْ الْخَالَةِ Then when they enter into the second sky now, they find the two cousins. Ibn al-Khala basically means two cousins and they are related through their mothers. Alright, their mothers were sisters. So these are maternal cousins. These are two cousins. Both of their moms were related to one another. They were either cousins. Basically we know from his studying history that they were, their, their mothers were cousins. Who are, who are these two people, these two men that are described as the two cousins, Isa ibn Maryam wa Yahya ibn Zakariya It is none other than Isa ibn Maryam and Yahya ibn Zakariya The Prophet ﷺ sees, Shabihun ahaduhuma bisahibihi They both look a lot alike too because they're related. Because they're related, they look very similar to one another. Not only do they look similar to one another, but thiyabuhuma wa sha'ruhuma, that not, their clothes, they're wearing clothes very similar to one another. Their hair looks very similar to one another. So not only do they look alike, do they share certain like similar features because they're blood related, but at the same time they're dressed same as one another as well. So this is you know, evidence from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, that if you have kids, it's completely permissible to embarrass them by dressing them the same. Alright, so this is evidence from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So, Isa ibn Maryam and Yahya ibn Zakariya are even dressed alike as well. It's very beautiful. And along with both of them are a group of people from their followers. So they, they are accompanied by souls. They are accompanied by people who are from their followers. وَإِذَا Isa And the Prophet ﷺ describes what he, how Isa ﷺ looked. 
And the reason why he very vividly describes Isa alayhi salam is not only because of the station of Isa ibn Maryam, Isa alayhi salam is a great, great messenger and prophet of Allah. He is a miracle of Allah. But not only that, but at the same time, because Isa alayhi salam is so central to the faith and belief of so many people, even non-Muslims, like the Christians, that the Prophet ﷺ actually describes how Isa ﷺ looked. وَإِذَا بِعِيسَى جَعْدٌ مَرْبُوعُ الْخَلْقِ Isa ﷺ had curly, slightly, not extremely, but slightly curly type hair. مَرْبُوعُ الْخَلْقِ And Isa ﷺ was very well built. He was very well built in the sense of he had a good sturdy frame. His color was kind of white and reddish in that sense. He had kind of a reddish type complexion to him. While he had curly hair, but it wasn't exactly fine curly, they were like curly locks. And some of the narrations actually describe that some of the wording is switched here, that his hair was curly, but when it describes him himself as being kind of lanky, kind of thin, but still having kind of a frame, but being kind of lanky and thin. Not necessarily being very thick, and being kind of like well-built, like muscular, but he had a, a wide frame, but nevertheless he was kind of thin and lanky in that sense. كَأَنَّمَا أُخْرِجَ مِنْ دِيمَازِ Then the Prophet ﷺ describes that Isa ﷺ had this appearance about him, like he had just, just stepped out of the shower. In that sense he had a very fresh, you know, his hair still seemed like it was moist, like it was still wet. And he had this very fresh look to him. Um, شَبَهُهُ بِعُرْوَةِ ibn مَسْعُودَ الثَّقَفِي And the Prophet ﷺ said, if the closest person that I can think of that I've seen, who would resemble Isa ﷺ, was Urwa bin Mas'ud al-Thaqafi. Urwa bin Mas'ud al-Thaqafi was the son of one of the great leaders of Ta'if. And so the Prophet ﷺ says, he looks kind of like that man. فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِمَا The Prophet ﷺ gives salam to Isa ﷺ and Yahya ﷺ. فَرَدَّا They returned the salam of the Prophet ﷺ. ثُمَّ قَالَ مَرْحَبًا بِالْأَخِ الصَّالِحِ وَالنَّبِيِّ الصَّالِحِ وَدَعَوَا لَهُ بِخَيْرٍ And they both um, said, Welcome, welcome to our very pious, righteous brother and the very righteous Prophet. And they both made lots and lots of dua for the Prophet ﷺ, that may Allah bless the Prophet ﷺ with all that which is good. Then Jibreel ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ, they rise up to the third sky. فَسَفْتَحَ Jibril. Again, Jibreel seeks permission to cross through. He's asked, who is this? He responds, this is Jibreel. He's asked, who is with you? He says, Muhammad wasallam. He's asked, has he been made a messenger? He says, yes, he has in fact been made a messenger. And again, the Prophet is very beautifully greeted and welcomed to the third sky, the third heaven. And the gate is open for both of them. When they both enter into the third sky, فَإِذَا هُوَ بِيُوسُفَ عَلَيْهِ salam. He enters upon Yusuf alayhi salam. وَمَعَهُ نَفَرٌ مِنْ قَوْمِهِ And he is accompanied by a group of his followers. There's, I'm gonna go ahead and stop here. This is gonna come up again. I'm gonna pause here and interject something. The reason why it is continuously reiterated, the reason why it's keep being brought up, it, keep, it keeps being brought up that these prophets were accompanied by a group of their followers. Even in these skies and these heavens is to signify, to symbolize, to show the fact. 
It is like a uh, it is like a good news for the Prophet ﷺ. It is basically um, giving the Prophet ﷺ a preview that you will never be alone, but you will be accompanied by your most devout and loyal and 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 dedicated followers. And this is why, what did that Sahabi say to the Prophet ﷺ? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I can't go a day, I can't go a moment without thinking about you, without looking at you, Ya Rasulullah. Your company is so beloved to me, so desirable to me. Oh Messenger of Allah, I just, I, I get fits thinking about the fact that in the life of the hereafter, in the akhirah, you will be way up high and I don't know where I'm gonna be. I'll be nowhere near your status or your level, O Messenger of Allah. How will I continue without being in your company, Ya Rasulullah? And the Prophet ﷺ told him, what? So he says, O Messenger of Allah, make dua for me that I can be with you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, help me. Meaning, help my dua to be accepted in your favor of you being close to me by doing what? Bikathrat al-sujood. By doing a lot of sujood, by praying a lot, worshiping a lot. This is why al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. A man, a person will be with that whomsoever that person loves. They will be in the company of those people that they love. And this is, this is evidence and proof of the fact that each of these prophets is accompanied by their most devout and loyal beloved followers. If we can learn to live this life in a manner that is as close to as we can get to the example of Rasulullah If we can learn to live this life in an extremely devout manner, it is not just some type of a fairy tale, it is not just something we're being told to kind of help us feel better about ourselves, but it is a reality that inshaAllah we will be with the Prophet like these followers are with these their beloved messengers and prophets. So again, Yusuf salam is accompanied by some of his followers. salam. The Prophet says salam to Yusuf salam. And again, have you noticed? The Prophet salam is the one who says salam. This symbolize. This teaches us two things. Number one, the Prophet salam. The Sahaba say that the Prophet salam taught us the protocol. The etiquettes of saying salam. And part of the etiquette, part of the protocol of saying salam is that the Prophet ﷺ said, when someone enters upon another person, when you enter upon someone, the one who walks into the room, the one who enters upon those people who are already present in a place, the one who is entering, ad-dakhil, that person should say the salam. That person should start the salam. That is the proper etiquette in the protocol. So the one entering the home, the one entering the room, the one entering, you know, a gathering should be the one who says the salam, who initiates the salam. And the Prophet ﷺ is of course the epitome, the practical example of, you know, practicing what you preach, living what you teach. And the Prophet ﷺ does exactly this here. When he enters into the sky, into the heaven, then the Prophet ﷺ is the one who starts by saying salam. The second thing is that we know about the Prophet ﷺ, the Sahaba say, that even though he taught us all these protocols and etiquettes of saying salam, we never were able to give salam to the Prophet ﷺ first. He always found a way to beat us to the punch. He was always the first one who said salam. When, he and when we entered into a room where he was already sitting, he would say salam to us before we could say salam to him. He said that the younger person should say salam to their elders. When children approach the Prophet ﷺ, he would say salam first, before even children could say salam to him. 
Because why? The Prophet ﷺ taught us the principle, The best of the two people, the one giving salam, the one returning salam, the better one is the one who gives the salam first, who initiates. The one who initiates the salam. And we see the Prophet ﷺ initiating salam constantly here. So again, this is not only a practical implementation of some of the instruction that he himself gave to his ummah, but we also see the akhlaq and the character of the Prophet ﷺ. We know, we've already established the fact, when he was made to lead all the anbiya in prayer, when Ibrahim ﷺ said, وَبِهَذَا فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ مُحَمَّدٌ صَلَّى اللَّهُ وَبِهَذَا فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْسَلَمَ عَلَيْكُمْ That when Ibrahim ﷺ said that, this is how Allah has given Muhammad ﷺ a higher status over all the other prophets. We already know for a fact that the Prophet ﷺ has been given a higher ranking status, but he does not find it beneath himself, below himself, to start by giving salam. This is a great problem that we have. That because I'm older, or I'm in charge, or I'm this, or I'm that, or whatever the case is, we find it like, that he should come say salam to me. She should come say salam to me. We constantly have this. This is a problem of the nafs. This is ego. But the higher a person's status is, the more authority a person commands, the higher a person rises in rank or in distinction, the more a person should feel the need to go and give salam to others, to greet others, to get up and approach others. That if the Prophet of Allah never thought it beneath himself to get up and go and give salam to a child, who are we? And so we learn from this practical, you know, akhlaq of the Prophet so he gives salam to Yusuf alayhi salam. Yusuf alayhi salam returns the salam. ثُمَّ قَالَ مَرْحَبًا بِلَاخِ الصَّالِحِ وَنَبِيِّ الصَّالِحِ وَدَعَالَهُ بِخَيْرِ And of course again he says, Welcome, welcome to our, to our very righteous brother and the very righteous prophet, the very pious, righteous prophet. And he makes dua for lots of good for the Prophet And the Prophet now describes, he indulges us a little bit, he gives us a little bit more detail. Just like when somebody goes somewhere, somebody goes for hajj, like people are going to be going for hajj now. When they come back and you say, oh, alhamdulillah, I did hajj, alhamdulillah, I did hajj. Then you're kind of like, I know you did hajj, more details. Like, tell me more, right? Like, you want to know more details. So the Prophet indulges us a little bit and shares with us. He says, وَإِذَا هُوَ قَدْ أُعْطِيَ شَطْرُ الْحُسْنِ the Prophet ﷺ says that Yusuf ﷺ has been given half of all beauty that you can ever imagine. The one narration the Prophet ﷺ says he is the most amazing thing that Allah has ever created. I've never seen anything more beautiful than Yusuf ﷺ. he has he has superiority over all people when it comes to beauty just like on the night of the full moon how the moon outshines all the stars in the sky that is how yusuf salam outshines all other human beings and at the end of the the after giving salam and returning salam and the prophet ﷺ observing how handsome and how beautiful this man is one narration, he asks, O Jibreel, please introduce. And he says, Akhuka Yusuf, this is your brother Yusuf. 
ثُمَّ سَعِدَا إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الرَّابِعَةِ Then they continue to ascend on forward to the, or, or above, to the fourth sky. And again, Jibreel requests permission, permission. You know, he's asked, who is this? He says, Jibreel, who is with you? He says, Muhammad has he been made a prophet? Yes, he's been made a prophet. And again, the Prophet is welcomed. When they enter in, فَإِذَا هُوَ بِإِدْرِيسِ they find Idris alayhi salam, the one who is mentioned a couple of times in the Quran. He's mentioned in Surah Al-Anbiya, Surah number 21. He's also mentioned in Surah number 19, Surah Maryam. So they find, فَقَدْ رَفَعَهُ اللَّهُ مَكَانًا Allah had given him a very high station, high status. And that is one of the interpretations of that is exactly this. When Allah says in Surah Maryam that, وَرَفَعْنَاهُ مَكَانًا that we had raised him up to a very high level, a very high position. One of the interpretations, direct interpretations, is this exact narration, that this is referencing this narration, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had positioned him on the fourth sky, in the fourth heaven. فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِ فَرَدَّ salam. The Prophet again gives salam to Idris salam, And Idris salam returns the greeting to the Prophet salam, And again Idris salam welcomes the Prophet salam, He again welcomes him to, as the pious brother and the pious Prophet And again makes lots of dua for him Then they continue to ascend on forward to the fifth sky and again, Jibreel alayhi salam, you know, requests permission. He's asked, who is this? He says, Jibreel, who is with you? He says, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. Has he been made a messenger? He confirms, yes, he has in fact been made a messenger. And then the Prophet sallallahu is welcomed. You know, this is also symbolic, not only of the fact that these are the responsibilities that are being discharged. This is also symbolic of a grand welcome. Grand welcome. You know, at this point in time, you can call this a formality if you'd like, but those formalities are oftentimes put into case, put into place for the honor and the distinction of the guest. You know, like if a, if a very you know noble guest arrives at a place and is kind of touring a place or a location, every location that they basically stop at, there's a whole formal welcome, right? The red carpet is rolled out, whoever, you know, is the dignitaries or whoever is in charge at that place comes out and waits out in front and the car stops and that, you know, the honorable guest basically exits and they proceed very slowly forward and they shake hands of all the people and it's a photo op, they take a couple of pictures with the people that are there, then they go inside, then they're given a little bit of a tour. It's it's type of a, a grand welcome and it's done to honor and to dignify the guest and also because the people that are receiving this guest are so excited that they don't want to be said like, yeah, yeah we already done all this. Listen, just, just go forward. Because they're like, no, what about my chance? I was going to shake his hand. I was going to take a picture with him. How come he got to take a picture with him? I didn't get to take a picture with him. Right? So, there, there's, so what this is symbolic of the fact is that these are the grand welcomes that are being laid out. These are, this is the red carpet that is being rolled out for Muhammad Rasulullah at every single sky in heaven that he crosses through. And these, these malaika, these angels have been waiting for Allah knows how many millennia for the occasion, the opportunity where they would get to welcome Muhammad Rasulullah So they are so excited, so elated, so exuberant at this, this opportunity that has finally arrived. This is almost like the purpose of their existence. This is what they've been waiting for, for Allah knows how many thousands of years to be able to roll out the red carpet for none other than Muhammad Rasulullah So this is very...
I know when we kind of read it, you know, every single sky, we read the same thing again. We have to understand that this is something very grand and very, you know, monumental that is occurring. So we shouldn't even kind of brush through it like, yeah, then they did the same old thing and they kind of went through. No, appreciate this fact. This is Muhammad Rasulullah who's, you know, in, 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 the, in the months past, in the year, in the decade, that has transpired the last 11-12 years. The Prophet of Allah ﷺ has been stoned, he has been cursed, he has been slandered, he has been picked on, he has been oppressed, he has witnessed the murder, the torture, the persecution of those who are near and dear to him, beloved to him. He has endured through the death of his wife, the death of his uncle. He has, a wit- he has gone through the journey to Ta'if, which led him to being stoned for three miles. He has bled, he has cried. And this is that opportunity where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taking, taking away all of his worries, all of the burden that he's been carrying, saying, Have, don't worry about what the people of earth, the people of the ground, the people who live on the ground, on al-ard, ahlul ard Don't worry about how those people have treated you, or how they have dealt with you, ahlul sama. The people who are in the sky, those who inhabit the sky, they have been waiting for you for a very long time. They are honored that they get to see you and witness you and be in your company today. So this has been a long time coming. So we should appreciate this occasion. So now they ascend onto the fifth sky and again the Prophet the, the, the exchange occurs where who's, who is this? And Jibreel alayhi salam says, this is Jibreel. Who is with you, O Jibreel? He says, this is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam. Has he been made a messenger? Jibreel alayhi salam confirms, yes, in fact, he has been made a messenger. And again, the Prophet is very beautifully welcomed and congratulated um, to and welcomed to the fifth sky, the fifth heaven. Then when they enter into it, فَإِذَا هُوَ بِهَارُونَ عَلَيْهِ سلام, He sees none other than Harun alayhi salam. وَنِسْفُ لِحْيَتِهِ بَيْضَى وَنِسْفُ لِحْيَتِهِ سَوْدَى That half of the beard of Harun alayhi salam was white and half of his beard was black. تَكَادُ تَضْرُبُ إِلَى سُرَّتِهِ مِن طُولِهَا His beard was so long that it was all the way down to like his belly. Like it was past his chest. And half of it was white and half of it was black. وَحَوْلُهُ قَوْمٌ مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ And he was surrounded by the devout, loyal believers and followers from Banu Israel. وَهُوَ يَقُصُ عَلَيْهِمْ And he was basically telling them stories and talking to them. And the reason why this is so notable, the fact that he was telling them stories and talking to them and advising them and preaching to them. Because Harun salam, even before he was given the station of prophethood. Remember, Musa salam, is made a prophet and he requests, فَأَرْسِلْ إِلَى Harun, Make my brother Harun a messenger and a prophet as well. And he says, وَأَفْسَحُ مِنِّي لِسَانًا because he is a lot more eloquent in speech than I am. And when you look back into some of the scriptures in the books, and even the books of Tafsir mention some of these narrations, Harun salam was a very well-known scholar and preacher in Banu Israel. So he was a very well-known preacher and scholar of the scripture, previous scripture, even before this prophethood and messengerhood was bestowed upon him. And in fact, it's narrated about him that he was a very eloquent preacher and used to tell stories very powerfully and use those stories to teach people lessons and advise them. So he was a very wise, noble man. And so he's telling them stories. فَسَلَّمَ عَلَيْهِ فَرَدَّ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ He 
the Prophet ﷺ enters and he gives salam and the salam is re- returned to the Prophet ﷺ. ثُمَّ قَالْ مَرْحَبًا بِلَاخِ الصَّالِحِ وَنَبِيِّ الصَّالِحِ Again, the Prophet ﷺ is welcomed as a very righteous brother and righteous prophet. ثُمَّ دَعَالَهُ And lots of dua is made for the Prophet ﷺ. فَقَالَ يَا جِبْرِيلْ مَنْ هَذَا Again, the Prophet ﷺ says, O Jibreel, please make the introductions. فَقَالَ الرَّجُلُ الْمُحَبَّبِ Very beautifully, he says, الرَّجُلُ الْمُحَبَّبِ فِي قَوْمِهِ this is the man who is very beloved by his people. This is the man who is very beloved by his people. Harun bin Imran. This is none other than Harun, the son of Imran, the brother of Musa alayhi salam. And the reason, there's even a, there's a deep profound wisdom and reason in why Harun alayhi salam is described being surrounded by people, talking to people, being described as a very beloved man to his people. And the reason for that is that some of Banu Israel, some of the Bani Israel had slandered Harun alayhi salam. They had very wrongfully, very badly they had slandered him. That when, when, they, when some of Banu Israel followed Samiri, the tafsir of Surah Taha, which is online, it talks about this, that when some of them uh, had followed Samiri, and they had worshipped the calf, the golden calf, when Musa salam came back, some of them tried to blame it on Harun salam. Oh, he did it. He did it. And this was very wrong, this was false. It was a slander. So this is part of the reason why here he is being exonerated and dignified that don't listen to what anybody. Some of the, some of the Ahlul Kitab, they might still harbor some ill will towards Harun salam, And this is evidenced by the fact that when in Surah Maryam, when Maryam salamun alayha, when she had come back with Isa salam, a baby, even though she did not have a husband, when she came back with the baby and they, what did they call her? They said, Ya Ukhta Harun. There are two tafsirs of this, two interpretations of this. One is that she had a cousin, she had a relative whose name was Harun and he was a very like a preacher amongst the people. So they're saying, Oh sister of Harun, meaning you are from such a noble family that includes preachers, how could you go and do something like this? Another interpretation of this is that these were the Jews, the Yahud of that time, who were accusing Maryam slandering Maryam, and to slander Maryam, they went back to their previous crime and slander of Harun alayhi salam. So some of the Ahlul Kitab who might still harbor ill will towards Harun, don't listen to them. Harun was very beloved to the people who knew him. Not only that, but even Fir'aun disrespected Harun alayhi salam by not acknowledging his presence when Musa and Harun salam went to preach to him. And again, here he is exonerated and dignified by, by saying, Ar-Rajulun muhabbab ila He was very beloved to his people. And this is none other than Harun salam. From here on, the Prophet and Jibreel go forward to the sixth heaven and the seventh heaven and then Siratul Muntaha. And from there on forward, we'll continue from here on forward, inshallah, in the following week. We'll go ahead and stop here because it's almost time for Salat al Isha. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the reality of everything uh, we've said. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to practice everything we've said and heard. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the true understanding and realization of the life of Rasulullah and make us from the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nasaghfiruka wa natubu ilayki. Assalamu alaykum.